Hello, and welcome to the Weekly Watch podcast series. I'm John Briggs, Global Head of Death Strategy. This series helps you cut through the noise of global financial markets with a quick take on the upcoming trends to watch. Hello, everyone. This week, I'm going to shift my focus to Asia and to specifically to China. Part of the current round of market concerns around growth are related to the Delta outbreak and the shift in momentum in the US, UK, and Europe. But part of the narrative is also that we've seen peak growth in China, that Delta lockdowns in Asia will accentuate lower growth in the region, exacerbate pandemic issues such as supply chain constraints, the chip shortages, all the other issues that um, have stemmed from the region. But there's another element as well, more of a long-term one regarding China's increasingly increasing regulation on the technology sector. With the depth of the issues currently facing China, both short-term, long-term, macroeconomic, regulatory, I'm actually going to cut the rest of my commentary short, especially as this podcast is being recorded before Chairman Powell of the Fed's Jackson Hole speech, which is the main event for this week, but unfortunately falls on a Friday, so it's something we're going to have to cover next week. So instead, I'm going to use the time and turn to Pei Xin Liu, our chief China economist, for some wisdom regarding the world's second largest economy. Patient, thank you so much for joining us. My first question cuts right to the heart of my near-term concerns. There's been a lot of talk of peak China, even before the most recent impact of uh, the Delta variant. What's your overall growth outlook for China for the rest of the year generally? And then where do you see things in relation to consensus? Sure, thanks, John, for having me today. Uh, we were talking about China's growth, uh, and we are thinking that China's growth it has been a year of two halves for 2021, even before the Delta variant outbreak. For the first half, we see low base boosting year-on-year growth rates and export performance supporting a very strong industrial and manufacturing sector rebound. But for the second half of this year, we were looking for a gradual slowdown to the potential long-term growth rate of around 5 to 5.5%. The recent Delta outbreak further clouded our outlook because uh, the government continues to adopt a zero COVID strategy, which means regional lockdowns, massive testing and travel restrictions will be disrupting supply chain as well as manufacturing activities because lockdowns included major ports, bigger cities, and that also dampened consumer sentiment to the detriment of service and consumer sector recoveries. So taking that into the view, we have lowered our annual GDP growth forecast slightly to 8.5% for 2021 from 9% previously. And my forecast still sits slightly above the market consensus. For example, IMF forecast, which pencils in China's growth at 8.1% for this year. And my optimism comes from uh, my confidence about China's, the resilience of China's supply chain. Even though we are seeing disruptions right now, but China has a track record of coming back to full operations quickly and resiliently after the lockdown is relaxed. So I would expect China's uh, lockdown and regional uh, travel restriction policy to relax gradually after we are seeing consecutive days of zero COVID cases. We have seen for the past two days, and that's a good sign. So we would expect China's uh, supply chains to continue to come back and well supported by strong external demand. Well, that would be reassuring, especially given all of the not just you know production and supply chain issues that you know are caused by all of some of these some of these uh, constraints in China, but you know also just from an inflationary standpoint and the debate between whether how much of this inflation that is supply side driven is transitory or is going to linger for for several months. Um, shifting gears a little bit, we've also seen a regulatory clampdown, especially again in the technology sector. 
What's your view, you know, within a very, you know, hard to forecast <laughs> um, regulatory landscape? I mean, do you think that this extends to other industries and do you view that as a risk, more of an idiosyncratic risk or something that could shape the near-term growth outlook? Well, on the tech regulation, I think that's a little bit more worrying because the, the crackdown has been pretty widespread from after-school tutoring sector, internet sector, the tech firms, entertainment, pharmaceuticals, extra, etc. So it's very hard for me to pinpoint where is the next uh, target of crackdown. Yeah. But I think broadly, the crackdown has been centered around mitigating or resolving risks of big three uh, uh, themes in China, namely data, debt, demographics, inequality. So these three broader themes might potentially pose systemic risks to China. Debt, for example, might be uh, posing uh, systemic risks to the financial markets. That's why deleveraging campaigns started from 2018 and is still ongoing. So similarly, I would, I would expect similar medium-term uh, regulatory changes in terms of environment for data regulation as well as demographics regulation. So in terms of the regulatory landscape change, I think that's just the beginning of a series of regulation change. And I would expect more public policy communications from the policymaker to clearly articulate their purpose of the regulatory crackdown and reassure the market to make, more, make the uncertainties more certain in the coming quarters or years to come. Okay. That's very helpful, especially from looking from the outside in. But so taking that now from the difficult to predict to probably the near impossible question, but I'll ask it anyway. So on a much longer term basis, you know, we've heard a lot about um, common prosperity from Xi. Is this a risk? You know, we can I'm not going to bring a social argument into it, right or wrong. You know, wealth equality It's something all nations are struggling with right now. So taking that aside from purely an economic standpoint, do you think that's a risk to the growth outlook over the longer term or is you know, China's momentum? And we all know that, you know, that growth is going to slow as it has over the last decade or two you know, over time. But do you see that as a longer term you know, risk to growth as a small risk or is it just um, an evolution that China was heading towards, you know, um, probably inevitably? Yeah, common prosperity is really the hot buzzword in China right now. According to Bloomberg, President Xi used it 65 times this year. He used it 21 times last year, so which, uh, which uh, signals that it is an important thing. And I would argue that from an economics perspective, common prosperity probably means a long-term shift in policymaking from what we call a GDP-centric policy uh, making towards what we think would be a Gini coefficient-centric policymaking. So... In that long-term shift, we think that the government or the policymakers will emphasize less on absolute GDP rates growth, but instead focus much more on higher quality growth, which might be more sustainable, more balanced, and more equal. So in terms of uh, our outlook for long-term growth, we are actually more concerned about short-term growth in the next few years in, instead of long-term growth potential in the next few decades. The reason being, there has been a shift, as I mentioned, from GDP-centric policy to something else, which means that the local government officials are no longer to re-engineer a GDP rebound whenever growth slows down. So which uh, the PBOC has recently also introduced the new phrase of cross-cyclical policymaking, which means that even though China's growth is going to slow down, the government is not going to take much counter-cyclical measures to offset that slowdown in momentum and will instead allow China's growth 
to settle in its natural growth range, which we forecast at 5 to 5.5%. So we do see more downside pressure for growth in the near term, maybe in the next few years uh, uh, down the road. But in the long term, this set of policy change will channel more useful resources to the needed sector, which might potentially be beneficial for long-term growth, especially if the resources are channeled to productivity growth, technology advancement, innovation, or more equality to the benefits of the society at large. That's great, Patient. Thank you so much for shedding some light on some things that at least I'll speak for myself. I know that I've been struggling with and trying to balance between near-term, long-term risks and just something that is part of the evolution of the Chinese economy. So that was super helpful. Thank you so much. But that's it for this week. Next week is a critical week. It sees top-tier U.S. data culminating in the August employment report, which, if healthy, will cement in our mind the Fed signaling a taper is looming at their mid-September meeting. We also get inflation data of the continent. So, you know, next week is shaping up certainly be a lively week and we'll check in with you during it. Thank you very much. Have a good week. I hope you have enjoyed this episode of the Weekly Watch. Please subscribe to our channel to get future episodes. We also encourage you to explore more of our content on our website and other social media channels.